welcome to the Source Podcast. This is the Week in Review. Jordan McDonald, welcome. My name's Michael Crutcher and Jordan, it's our 100th episode. I know. The big one zero zero. We a have century. A century and we yes. have bored our listeners with uh, talk about this for some time. <laughs> a bit yeah, been quite the lead up. Just rolling their eyes, we've had a lead up. But we have some special guests mm-hmm. on this episode. We do. And what we're asking our special guests is to let's go ahead another 100 episodes mm-hmm. and let's ask what we'll be talking about on the weekend Review in 100 episodes' time. So we'll get to our special guests. It's also the birthday of 55 Comps today. We're 10 years old today. Yes, a big happy birthday to the business. 10 years old. That's gone fast. Yeah, it's a big milestone day. It is. So mm. when we... Thank our wonderful clients, as we always do, for uh, helping us reach 10 years. But enough about us. We'll do a mini week in review first. Yep. yep. Mini one. Yep. So we can still say this is the week in review. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to start with Qantas. Because Qantas we've mentioned a few times. But if we're talking brand ratings, which we often do here, Qantas... (coughs) is suffering badly after a very unpleasant week, to say the least. It's been an unpleasant few months for Qantas, and Jordan, we've discussed this before. But if you want a summary of this week, this being the Week in Review, outgoing Qantas CEO Alan Joyce went before a Senate committee, and he was grilled about a whole bunch of things. Included among those was Qantas and Jetstar's behaviour relating to COVID credits for people who had book flights and had been unable to use them because of COVID. Were you one of those, Jordan? Any credits for you anywhere? I had credits, but it wasn't for Qantas. No, but I understand the frustration of the whole airline credit system. We could do a whole episode on that. But we're doing a mini week in review blitz. So this week, customers knew that they had until December 31 to use these credits because that's what Qantas had said. Mm -hmm. Now, Qantas claimed to the Senate this week that – the amount of fares it hit out in its pocket from these COVID fares were about $370 million. Yep. A lot of money. Yeah, fair bit. Now, it was noted by media commentators that the dire nature of the grilling for Qantas by the Senate was outlined by the fact that Liberal Senator Jane Hume and Labor Senator and former union boss Tony Sheldon teamed up to give Qantas a bit of a whack over the bonce which is a bit like players from New South Wales and Queensland both complaining about a state of origin referee. Yeah, Because usually one team's happy about an origin referee. Yeah. But here was Labor and Liberal coming together to give Qantas a wallop. But by the end of the week, Qantas was in an absolute mess. The $370 million in fares, the airline claim was owed through its COVID credits, actually became $570 million. <laughs> That's a pretty big increase. It's a big increase. <laughs> $570 million that's been taken from customers without delivering them any service. And hey, presto, after the Senate had had a look and there was media interest, the December 31 deadline to use those credits is no longer. Yeah. So you can take a bit longer now. Yeah. See, Qantas can be nice, you see. But yesterday, the ACCC, so the corporate watchdog, came out with a stunning claim. It was launching a deceptive conduct lawsuit against Qantas for selling tickets to flights that had already been cancelled. 
And this wasn't just tickets for a lazy flight from Brisbane to Mackay or maybe Sydney to Melbourne. No, the ACCC claims Qantas sold tickets to 8,000 flights knowing those flights would not be occurring. Whoa. Pretty bad. Yeah. If this is proven correct, that's going to put Qantas up with some of the worst behaved companies in Australian history. The headlines on some of the front pages today around the country have been pretty good, actually. One of them said Con Air. Another one said the lying kangaroo. And now we've mentioned before in this podcast about the writings of the Financial Review's rear window columnist, Joe Aston. Oh, yes. And we've read out some of Aston's comments before. Now, the role of a daily columnist in a newspaper, as we've said before, is one of the toughest ones around. You have to be interesting, accurate and break news stories regularly. Five days a week, rear window runs. Now, granted that Joe Aston has some colleagues who assist on the column when he's otherwise engaged, but he has been the heartbeat of Rear Window for over a decade. And let's face it, you could argue very strongly that if Aston hadn't been writing about Qantas in the way that he has been writing, we wouldn't probably be seeing these major news stories now. He's been the one who has been pushing these along. His writing has been just brutal towards Alan Joyce, but honestly, you couldn't say it was unfair. Mm. At the same time, he's delivered some gems on the likes of Twiggy Forest and, of course, the PwC debacle, which we've read out before. So this is the media doing its job, but this is doing it with a brutality, a frequency and a turn of phrase that I really can't remember in modern Australian media history. It is is something. It is worth the cost of the financial review alone every day. Aston claimed that Qantas took all copies of the Fin Review from its terminals months ago because of his copy. (laughs) If Qantas is still doing that, some of its passengers would have missed lines like this one today. He writes, any day now, Joyce will be paid a short-term bonus of up to $4.3 million. Yet he is leaving behind a class action over the travel credits, this massive ACCC action alleging deceptive conduct and even a full court of the federal court judgment of 1,800 illegal sackings subject to High Court appeal. Does the Qantas Board of Directors, led by Chairman Richard Goyder, really think it will meet public expectations or indeed the shareholder expectations of industry superannuation funds to let Joyce keep his short-term bonus in these circumstances? If the directors think the market will cop that, They've lost grip of reality as acutely as Joyce himself. If they fail to claw back that payment, the Qantas AGM in November will closely resemble the economy class dunnies of the QF68 from Bangalore. (laughs) Which means it'll be not a pleasant place to be. Now, it's an omni-shambles, as Aston writes today, and it'll get worse (laughs) before it gets better. Jordan, this is all about the bottom line for companies, so... Do these revelations this week about Qantas deter you from flying Qantas? I first read the article and I wasn't too bothered, but then we discussed it a bit more and, you know, I've always attributed Qantas as being the better quality service. So, you know, I've done plenty of the budget airlines. So if you ever get enough funds together, get that nicer experience, you do. Um, But when you get the, the ACCC investigation like that, there's blatant, it appears blatant, yeah, um, <coughs> that's right. You know, you, it's hard to support a company like that. It's a different level, yeah. isn't it? So uh, maybe maybe the newspapers will take their papers out of the Qantas terminals maybe. because they don't want to be associated with Qantas. Maybe. Maybe it'll go around the other way. 
Who knows? Okay, now you're going to do a couple of bite-sized ones here before we get to our special guest, just so we can review. And you're starting with uh, Netflix, some coverage about our local subscriber numbers for Netflix. Yeah, Netflix has lost Australian subscribers, which might be a sign that streaming is uh, stalling and platforms are nearing a consumer ceiling um, amid the increased cost of living pressures. So there's a recent survey that came out and it showed that Netflix experienced a 3% drop to 6.1 million subscribers. Then among its competitors, you have Amazon Prime. It rose 9% to 4.5 million. Disney Plus and Stan, they had minor growth of 1% and 2% uh, increases respectively. That was to 3.1 and 2.6 million. Foxtel's binge had a huge uh, increase. Yes. 22%. Wow. Uh, to 1.5 million subscribers. And then you got Paramount Plus and KO Sports also grew quite a fair bit. KO, uh, sorry, Paramount was 41% up and uh, KO 8%, so 1.5 and 1.4 million there respectively. So some decent numbers for some of those Australian audiences. Mm-hmm. What about the total subscription streaming market? Yeah, so that market soared by 14%. And uh, now valued at $2.7 billion. So there's also a streaming subscription for just about every Australian with 24.6 million total uh, accounts across the country. And uh, I think we've said before that the stats in Australia show if you've got one streaming service, you've got about three. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I remember that article, yeah. Um, so yeah, the slowdown's causing some pretty big concerns for the media companies, uh, particularly yeah, those that have invested billions into the content. Um so, yeah, to feed those hungry audiences. Now, what about Pluto TV? I must say, I don't know anything about Pluto TV, yeah. but it's, it's alive. Yeah, this popped up the last couple of weeks. We didn't really give it too much mention. So, it's Paramount, Paramount's free TV service. Uh, it's launched in Australia through 10Play, and it's added 51 new channels to that streaming platform. So, the channels will feature shows like South Park, Beverly Hills, 90210, and more along with your, like your MTV and Nickelodeon channels. 51 channels. 51 channels. What is on all of those channels? Yeah, I don't know. goodness me. The Paramount's parent company, which is CBS, they acquired 10 in 2017, and this move would mark their engagement with the Australian audiences. Um, and 10Play has seen a pretty decent increase in viewing this year, 21%, and they really hope that these new channels will uh, boost these numbers even more. And Linear TV, you want to mention something about ads in that one and our final bite-sized snippet for this week? Yeah, in the first half of this year, 89% of TV ads reached only half of Australian households. And that's according to a recent report into Australia's viewership. And it showed that the heavy TV viewers saw most of the ads, unsurprisingly, while most who watched less were exposed to very few. But unfortunately for those TV, heavy TV viewers, uh, they experienced ad fatigue as a result of seeing so many ads. I think they saw on average 70 ads per day. Ad fatigue. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I wonder how many of those were sports betting ads. Yes, yes, maybe. Um, So the total hours of TV watched dropped during this survey period because more people turned to the online streaming services. uh, And the report suggests that advertisers should focus on streaming and online content. Okay, that's Uh, very interesting. Yes, Uh, and then for advertisers, they spent less on TV ads with the while their smaller sort of competitors or counterparts spent more. Uh, Those advertisers are finding success in the personalised streaming and broadcast video on demand options that are free. Okay, 
we're going to come to our special guest now. Yes. Who are going to give us some predictions looking down the track. And our first special guest is a very special guest. And she's using my microphone stand today. And that means I've got to hold the microphone. And it's heavy too. Yeah. And I'm a weakling. <laughs> so this is causing me muscle fatigue. Welcome, 55 comms guru, Ainsley Pavey. Hi. It's your debut on the Source podcast. You've taken 100 episodes and you're on here now. I know. I feel like I've entered a very sacred space here. Well, it's good to have you <laughs> on here and um, we promised we'd clean up the boardroom before you joined us to make sure it was up to standard for guests. Yep. So it's great to have you on and to have you in the business for 10 years. Yeah, 10 glorious years of running 55 comms and sourced. Congratulations, 100 episodes. Well done. And I've well, made it to the 100th. Yeah, well, now we've made it because you've made it on here. So you're our first person to give us predictions for, let's go ahead, 100 episodes. So about two years. Ainsley, what will we be talking about in those two years? Let's have it. Mm, well, I've had a little bit of a think about this and I think – um, I'm a bit of an expert in observing adolescents and their use of technology. Um, it's true, not just observing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, having, having children that are engaged in technology on a daily basis, it's quite interesting to see how they communicate and how they use technology um, in their day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. One of the most interesting things that I observed in the last week was how they engaged with the Trump headshot. Um, oh, yeah, the mugshot. The mugshot. Yes, the Donald Trump mugshot, yes. which was a topic of our opening uh, item last week. Yeah, yes, the yeah. Trump one. So I think they really were across that image. They'd seen it, you know, they'd, they'd obviously school had finished and straight onto their devices while they were transporting themselves home. Mm-hmm. Um, and transporting themselves into, you know, the world of Donald Trump and mugshots while they were doing it. Um, so they they were really uh, aware of that news. Um, they are aware, a lot more geopolitically aware than we were as a generation. Um, and I think that, you know, their discussion around Trump, around Biden, around Russia, around the things that are sort of going on outside of um, Australia is really interesting just in terms of their engagement and where that's going to take them. And I think, you know, it sort of has made a generation of real um, mini um, media observers. I mean, you talk here about what people are doing in terms of being media observers of all sorts of um, things that go on with corporations and governments and whatnot. Um, I think, you know, we are going to see in the next two years a real emergence of of young people uh, engaging a lot more in in the likes of the debate that you discuss here every week. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay, so good prediction. Mm. Very good. We'll check this in two years' time. Yes. Um, when no doubt the children will still be at home. No one's moving out before then. Now, what else have you got for us? Have you gazed into the well, Ainsley crystal ball? 
what else are you coming up with? Well, it's interesting. Um, I guess I'm the token girl here today. Oh, token female. Don't respond, Jordan. Um, <laughs> don't don't respond. I'm just, um, you know, maybe women's sport is going to become huge, I think, in the next two years. We're okay. all going to be watching, absorbing, talking about, analysing a lot more of women's sport. I mean, we've seen it with the Matildas. You guys have touched on it here mm-hmm. at Sourced. Um, I think it's a sport that's really um, family friendly. I think you can see that 80-year-olds can go, three-year-olds can go. You can watch it and, you know, you don't have um, the same level of aggression, I guess, that can be a bit off-putting for Mm -hmm. the younger generation and, you know, an older generation as well. Uh, I just think, you know, the extreme athleticism of these women um, in soccer was really on show during the World Cup. Um, we we saw them as individuals. We saw them as, a, as athletes. It was just a really impressive show. And I think, you know, we're going to see a lot more of that across cricket, across AFL, across NRL. Um, it's, it's going to be something that's going to be talked about a lot more. Ainsley was very loud during the Women's World Cup. Very loud. Can't blame her. I was loud for she that had to be French game, that yeah. semi-final. <coughs> loud. Uh, anything else you oh, got so for us? Yeah. I was just interested um, here to listen to the uh, emergence of Pluto TV, which... Um, You've got to check this out now. Which kind of, you know, piqued my interest being a student of the cosmos. Um, as you all know, oh, I spend a lot of time talking about astrology on. here. I, do get the, I get the occasional <laughs> gem from Ainsley. This has been an astrology-free <laughs> podcast for 100 episodes so far. Mm. Yes, and, um, and I was just reading today, um, well, obviously... You know, if you're if you're into astrology at all, you'd be aware that Pluto is about to enter Aquarius for the first time in over 243 years. So it's pretty big. It's a once in a generational move. So Pluto, um, you know, is is the planet of rebirth. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're sort of like talking about a new age that's about to emerge here, and and that's all to do with AI. Um, You know, we're going to see a lot more advances in technology, and it's going to be rapid. Um, So you know, if we're talking about throwing forward to the next ten years or so, next twenty years, we're going to see you know huge advances in that area around communications as well. That's a that's according to the cosmos. So there you go. (laughs) But you know, uh, they're onto it at. the streaming services, obviously, because they've launched Pluto TV. So, so there's another they're sign, and the, yeah, they're onto it. They're, they're, they're well, using it. That's a heck of a segue into AI <laughs> from Pluto <laughs> to Aquarius. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you're just saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty good. <laughs> And, and just, just as a matter of course, I did a clowning workshop last night just in preparation for coming here today. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow, that's a little sting in the tail there. So, yeah, yeah. learning all about, um, Very good. you know, how to engage with audiences and, and – in that regard, clowning's a very interesting um, form of dramatic art. Uh, there's not a lot of talking involved, but mm. you have to learn to engage your audiences through body language and through eye contact and through your actions. And that's a lot of the stuff that we do with our clients in terms of teaching them how to engage, not as clowns, but clowns. using tacti- <laughs> right. tactics and strategies and all those sorts of, of things course. to engage your audience. So. Ainsley, it it's been a joy having you on. Thank Indeed. you for your insights. Yes. 
It's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Our next guest, one of our most popular as well from our previous podcast, I speak of the editor of the Brisbane Times and Touch Football visionary, Sean Parnell. Sean, I welcome. Touch Football visionary. Uh, I've peaked. I've peaked. Hi, mate. How are you? (laughs) You're the inspirational leader of a band of very average athletes. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the one that gets blamed for every loss. That, that's the leader's job. That's fine. Except you weren't there Wednesday night and we won and we don't win without you, Sean, eh? So I don't yeah. know how it happened. Yeah, no, no, you do win without me. That's the problem. <laughs> and it's sending all of us a message about my longevity as a player. But yeah, anyway. Well, we need you back next week. But let's think about if we go 100 episodes ahead, Sean, with two years' time roughly... What will we be talking about on this podcast, do you think? Look, I think a lot of the broad topic areas will probably stay the same uh, with that little bit of unpredictability. Um, I mean, you know, looking back over the last two years, a lot has changed and, and a lot of things we didn't see coming. From a journalism point of view, I think how we tell stories and how we consume news and information is changing. Um, and I think it will... It'll change fairly rapidly over the next couple of years. One thing we're, we, we know that we're competing for people's time. Um, and so, and, and I think this is the same for a lot of people in that sort of information space or people who are marketing or, or want to raise awareness or something. We're, we're competing for people's time. Time they might spend sitting on TikTok, time they might spend uh, reading a book or watching an episode of a series on Netflix. Um, and, we're mindful of that and I think there will be sort of an accelerating change into how we deliver our information in the in the allotted time that suits the consumer and by, by that I mean you know we're now all familiar with binging a, a series uh, on one of the streaming services um, we know the sort of circumstances that that lead people to binge or they might want a 15 minute show they might want a 30 minute show and they might want to binge um, the whole evening. Um, and I think uh, the news media is changing in that way as well. So gone are the days where we can just assume that people want a printed newspaper of a morning and they'll read it front to back. Uh, they might want uh, something to consume them for a matter of seconds as they're going through social media. Uh, they might want something for, for minutes um, and they might want a longer read or they might want it in different formats or different mediums. We're already doing the different medium things. There's a lot more podcasts we know, like this great one. Um, but I think it's the, it's the time that will change um, over your next 100 episodes. So I think looking forward, there'll just be a lot more, uh, I guess, segmentation and different methods of getting information across to suit what consumers are trying to do. And that's just fitting things around their busy lives. That is a fabulous synopsis. And you're right, you raise some... Really good points there, Sean. I thank you very much for that and well done with the Brisbane Times relaunch. It's uh, looking fantastic and uh, it's an interesting time to be the editor of a major media outlet in Queensland, I'm thinking, Sean. No, thanks, guys, and congrats on 100 episodes. Um, If I don't break down on the touch football field, uh, I'll be happy to come around in 100 episodes (laughs) time. Good one. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Jordan, our next guest is one of our most popular always. I talk, of course, of Robert Crash Craddock from the Career Mail. Hello, Crash. 
G'day, Mike, and g'day, Jordan. Yes, it's uh, congratulations on uh, your milestone, and, and uh, you uh, continue to make us think about so many different topics. It's wonderful. Oh, thanks to you, Crash. Now, of course, because you're everywhere in sport, where do we find you right now? I'm at Dolphins training, their last training session of the year. We've just wrapped up a 15-minute press conference with Wayne Bennett where we threw literally everything at him uh, and regarding any topic that's of any interest to anyone in league. And he was good, you know. Sometimes he was just Wayne, short and sharp and blunt and dismissive. Other times he was effusive, but always interesting. You know, sometimes it's a little throwaway line that he says. Yeah. So, Crash, we're 100 episodes in now. If we were to go 100 more, which is roughly two years, what do you reckon we'll be talking about then on this podcast? Well, I think at that stage, Brisbane will be just starting its renovations for for new stadiums for the Olympics. And I think we will be about to enter a new world. I mean, a mate of mine who's been to Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium where Ange Postacoglu is training, uh, is coaching and said that it's a sublime experience. You walk in, you don't even have to show your ticket so long as you've got your ticket on you. How does that work? Wow. I don't even know. Uh, the beers are done from the bottom up. They put the plastic cups on a sort of a conveyor belt and they're filled from b- beneath it. There's the screens <laughs> around the ground are sublime. The comfort in the stadium seats is excellent. And I think Brisbane will engulf that new world. I think it has to in the lead up to the Olympics. So, you know, the spectator experience, I think, two years is a short period of time. It mightn't be here then, but it's coming our way, I would say. Yeah, great observation, Crash. The conversation will really be at speed by then, whatever's happening. But um, you always bring something different to a Crash. And Jordan tells us that in our first 100 episodes, what was the most popular episode, Jordan? Yes, you were the you were part of the most popular episode we've ever had. It was with Paddy Welsh wow. and uh, Pete Bedell. Yeah, well, uh, do you know what? It was a joy to be part of that because I so admire those guys for different reasons. Uh, Peter Bedell grew up in, in working class Sydney and, and, you know, his family didn't have much when he was a young lad. He went an hours to university, and he is—he's got that flint and fibre you can only get from coming up without a silver spoon in your mouth. And he's one of my favourite reporters. Pat Welsh is a guy who I've loved for different reasons. You know, he's just got such integrity and class. And I—I I saw it twice last year. Cameron Smith, the golfer, arrived at the airport and wanted to be pretty anonymous, but he looked up and saw Paddy Walsh in a camera. Now, most guys would go, oh, there's a camera. He went, g'day, Paddy, how are you? <laughs> you know, and, and also, and perhaps um, uh, the, the Mick Power, who's a great friend of the late Paul Green, who committed suicide, I think the day after his death, I rang up Mick and I said, did you do any interviews yesterday? And he said, my phone rang red hot. He said, I was in no state at all to talk. I could barely get words out. I did not do any interviews. And then he said, oh, I did Patty seven, yeah, you know. Right. Then he said, it, I, I just felt it was a sign of great, you know, uh, recognition for what Pat was and all he is. Like he was almost comforted by the experience of doing an interview with, with Patty. So hats off to those guys. Oh, you're all, uh, you're all great operators, Patty. 
Pete Bedell, and of course you, Crash. It's so good to have you on, and we look forward to checking back in in two years, Crash, and just seeing uh, what the predictions are like. But thanks, Crash. Yeah, and thanks, Crash. Safe travels well, back. No, congratulations to both of you, lads, and uh, it's my absolute pleasure to be on the podcast any time. The only certainty is in two years, as always, I'll get it wrong. Hey, <laughs> 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 at age 61, my tips are so good, but I'm still working for a living, Mickey. I have retired yet. So, all good fun, lads. Speak to you soon, though. Thank you. Well, we can't do a 100th episode without getting on the most popular guests of our first 99. <laughs> I talk, of course, of music media mogul, the publisher of themusic.com.au and many others, Stephen Green. Greeny, welcome. Thank you. That's a fantastic welcome. Um, I think it says more about the podcast than it does about me. But, uh... <laughs> so we always like to ask this question, Greeny, when we have you on. Where do we find you right now? Oh, now you're just tricking me up because you know I'm at a pub again and I'm always at a pub. <laughs> I know, because you're a media mogul and you just spend time at pubs because you can. Well, I'm in Sydney, though. Is that, does that count as work? Oh, you're just jet-setting wherever it might be. So, <laughs> look, thanks for taking time out of your uh, very congested pub time, Greenie. The question we're asking today, 100 episodes up, in another 100, Greenie, what will we be talking about on this podcast? You're a man of many ideas. Fast forward two years or so. What do you think? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, for the easy one and say that it, you're gonna be talking about uh, celebrity magazine horses and the North Devils. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Good chance of that, yes. <laughs> but uh, I guess you probably want to dig a little bit uh, deeper than that, don't you? Not really, but you, you could try anyway. Well, I think, uh, you know, I, th- I think 200 episodes in, you're probably still going to be talking about X, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a bit more uh, a bit more to come on that story. And, and I reckon uh, another couple of years we'll be talking about the success of Kyle and Jackie O's networked radio show okay, going around the country. I reckon, that's, uh, I reckon that one's on the cards. Um, we'll probably be talking about the viability of Network 10 still. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm jumping around from media to media here. Um, but, and I think from a music perspective, we'll probably be talking about the success or otherwise of uh, Music Australia, which is the government body that's just been formed to address uh, you know, the, the complete failure, I guess, of, of Australian music to cut through into the, uh, into the mainstream at this point. Two years in, we'll, we'll probably be just at that point uh, in most government cycles where everyone's starting to eat each other and blame each other for why things haven't quite worked out yet. Um, but I'm hoping that instead of that, we're uh, talking about all the amazing Australian artists that are, that are coming through and that, that we're all hearing on the radio. Now, that's a fascinating collection, Greeny, of uh, predictions. Where does the Kyle and Jackie O show go through Brisbane? Uh, I reckon that will likely be... Uh, Probably mid next year, I would think. And whereabouts does it live in Brisbane? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it'll. I mean, this is this is purely speculation, but uh, I would think that if you've got a very large uh, contract that's coming up, negotiation, uh, and it's and it's been made reasonably clear that uh, that Kyle would like to see himself in other markets, uh, I, I would think that. Either you're going to get that from ARN or you're going to get it from uh, the Hit Network and you're just going to go with whichever one gives you the you know, the best. Now, unfortunately, it's going to be 
it's going to be similar to when uh, you know uh, Laurel sort of had the shift stations on uh, on 4KQ. It's going to be a business decision that's nothing to do with the, the brekkie teams that are in there at the moment. I think yeah. it will just be one of those things that uh, you know that they're not going to risk uh, losing Kyle and Jackie out of out of Sydney for the for the sake of, of keeping a, well anything in Brisbane. They'd probably shut the Brisbane stations down completely if it meant keeping keeping Kyle happy, I would think. But uh, I, I think that you know there's been rumours of that for years and years. And you know I think obviously when you've got a big contract negotiation, now's the time to push for it. And it's uh, it's probably more likely than not, I reckon. Greeny, thank you very much for the time. We could also try and predict where the Greeny Media Empire will be in two years, but we can talk about that in a few weeks because you're coming in to guest host, Greeny, when Jordan's away for yes, a couple of weeks. My share. I can't wait. Now, make sure that you've got those uh, celebrity magazines ready for me because you know that's the only reason I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it, Greeny. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the uh, 100. Thanks, mate. Our next guest on our 100th episode, someone we know very well, some of us better than others, Jordan. We speak, of course, of Bill McDonald, who is Jordan's dad. Indeed. And very well known, Queensland's media industry, extremely well known, long-time TV newsreader, radio host with 4BC. Bill, thank you for coming in. Nice to be invited along. I've watched and listened to this many, many times and uh, I've learned a few things. I've laughed at a few things and I love some of your insights. So thanks for having me. Well, we only got you here so you can tell us about Jordan. That was the only reason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Put a bit of dirt on him. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> DJ so, Jordan. Oh, wacka, wacka, wacka. Don't stop now. No. Um, <laughs> J-Mac. <laughs> so that's it. So yes. let's go another 100 episodes down the track bill what are we going to be talking about and doing well i thought i'll try and be positive with all of this but it's a bit hard sometimes i reckon given the life at the moment and 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 what's happening in our world i think renewables and uh, climate change is going to be the big issue for this generation and it will be in in another hundred episodes i think we'll see the sheer folly of the of the race to the renewable targets that the federal government has set and governments around the world will just realize how difficult, how expensive and how unreliable um, the renewable energy sources are going to be and how, how, how long it's going to take us to get there. I think it'll be a great challenge um, that we'll be debating not only in 100 episodes but maybe 200 episodes time. It's going to take a lot to do. Uh, I think if we, um, if we don't have a new government in Queensland, we'll still be arguing about Olympic venues, Olympic infrastructure, Olympic, Olympic spending. <laughs> Um, but I do think we'll have a new government. I think we'll have an LNP government in 100 episodes. I think they'll be chipping away at housing and crime and improving it, but there'll still be work to do. So we'll still have issues on that front. Um, here's a fearless prediction. I reckon we'll be sitting in 100 episodes, scratching our heads going, how the hell did Donald Trump get re-elected as president of America? <laughs> oh, I hope not. How did that come about? I um, hope not. We'll also be scratching our heads going, my goodness, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards still going strong, doing world tours. How do they do it? How are they still alive in their early 80s? Mm -hmm. Petrol prices will remain one of the dark arts. We'll still be debating, why has it gone up 50 cents? Why why has that gone down? Um, I think all of that will happen. I think, um, like uh, like The Voice, Albo will have come and gone. 
and I think there'll still be a lot of debate and I don't know whether the, the situation for First Australians is going to be any better and we'll still be talking about how to improve it. So there's a few things. That's... Uh, yeah. I'll just start that again. That's a stack of stuff you've brought in there, Bill. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that could keep us going for the next 100 episodes. Can I make one, one – I've got to add some sporting because you know we all love yes, sport. I'm going to make a fearless prediction. And you'll laugh at me here. I reckon we could be talk, sitting here talking about how amazing it is that both the Lions and the Broncos are going for a hat-trick of premiership each in the AFL and the NRL, which means I'm saying that both of them can win the flag this year and they could be both going for three-peats at the same time in 2025. Oh, that this is, is a big call. That is big. Massive call. Massive call. Huge call. Well, um, you've given us plenty that we will revisit with you in 100 episodes' time. We'll just play it back and say, <laughs> here What <we> a gibber. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for coming in. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure, Jordan. Thanks to all of our special guests who gave us their insights. Okay, Jordan, it's down to you and I going yep. forward. 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. What will we be talking about on the Sourced Week in Review? Your thoughts. You go first. I've got a couple of things. I reckon the voice, I'm not sure it's going to get over the line. This is the referendum, not the TV show? Correct, yes. Um, but I'm more concerned about what happens after that. If that occurs, I think it might get a bit ugly there. So if it doesn't get up, how do audiences respond? Correct. Yep, good point. Uh, Donald Trump, I think, and I'm scared to say it, we may see the time where he becomes president again. And I think that'll be a very bizarre time in history given, you know, we were just talking about his mugshot last week. Yeah. Um, artificial intelligence, it's been said plenty today and you can't ignore yep. it. Um, we're at the beginning of probably the next digital revolution. You know, ChatGPT emerged November last year. Yes. Um, look how quickly it's progressed. Uh, in two years' time, I reckon we'll start to see some practical ways that AI can replace some of the human tasks. And at the same time, we'll discover some of those new jobs that AI can create for humans. Yes. And I can also see AI becoming or taking real strides in the medical field. It was two weeks ago, I think I texted to you too, there was a, yes. uh, an AI discovery where someone has built a program which allowed a lady with complete paralysis to talk with her husband again uh, through the, her brainwaves. It's uh, pretty amazing. Yes. Um, I also think that AI will unfortunately become more associated with cybersecurity and breaches. Yep. Um, I've watched plenty about it. There is, um, it's pretty much at a point where any vulnerability you can think of, AI can do it or is yep. being done. Uh, and that's a tool that we all have access to at the moment at a very general level, I should say. Um, threads. Threads, yes. Yep. Threads and it's worth putting in what happens to threads in two years. Very yeah. interesting, I know. Alan Roebuck from Itchwich Today, the podcast. Mm -hmm. so I know he'd have views on this. Your thoughts on Threads in two years' time? Yep. So Threads, um, funnily enough, I think it might be hanging on by a thread. Um, X, which is, you know, formerly Twitter. It could be a different letter by then or a different yes. colour. Not sure. Might even be tr try to become that financial enterprise that Elon's always dreamed about. Um, Facebook, Instagram will be the same. And I think TikTok will still threaten those big fellas yep. for user attention too. And last one for sport, I reckon the Brisbane Lions might have a flag in that time. 
Oh, let's hope so. I hope so. Yes, we've got our tickets for next Saturday night. Oh, very good. Lions. So, yes, that would be great. Good predictions there. We'll test those in a couple of years' time. Look, I'm with you on AI, particularly on the, on the wider media industry. How, how is AI being used to write scripts, write news stories, all that type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. to um, how much revenue can media outlets get off AI? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that they're questions. The metaverse still won't work in two years' time yep. for mine. Yep. Uh, sports betting ads won't exist on television anymore, mm. I don't think, but they're still allowed to sponsor sporting teams, yep. et cetera. I, th- I don't think they would have done the cigarette crackdown. Yep. Um, at the same time, the anti-siphoning lists will still be uh, quite generous to free-to-air TV channels because the governments don't have the ticket to take that on. <laughs> uh, politicians will still be funking up our social media feeds, yep. maybe more so than ever. Get off my social media feeds. Look, some regional newspapers I think will, won't exist anymore. Okay. The, the, the print versions, I believe, I like yep. in, in two years' time. Let's see how those regional dailies go. I, I don't know how they can hang on that, that long. I hope they do. I really do, but it's going to be tough. Look, news outlets, I think, will have swayed more to the left and the right to attract paying customers. Mm, So they'll go searching on that ground where they can get people who want to pay them because they share their beliefs. I see. And, look, I've got to mention the ABC. I think in 100 episodes it'll still be a Sydney and Melbourne-centric organisation that should just leave Queensland operations to Queenslanders who know their state better than anyone are those Sydney or Melbourne types uh, and those people care about Queensland more than any of the southern types but we'll still be having those same arguments in a couple of years' time, I'm sure. It's been fun, first 100 episodes, Jordan. Oh, it's been fun probably from 50 episodes on for me. It took me about <laughs> 50 to get into it and even still we had uh, Ainsley join us in here today and straight away those nerves come rushing back. Oh, it's really? Great. I'm weird like that. She's intimidating. A little bit. She's very intimidating. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Well, she's an expert at uh, how to present yourself. So Ooh, here yes. I feel like I'm being, you know, yes, sort we'll of been observed. I feel like I'm going through the media training in a sense. We'll get some notes from her. Now, mm. I think two episodes left before you go on yeah, holidays. So this is my last, second last weekend here, I think. Yeah, two yeah. more. And then Greeny comes in. Yes. For a short hosting. To fill the chair, yeah. Stint. So enjoy the weekend. Thanks, you too.